0: Hey there, it's Phil Harwood. Just want to take a quick minute before we begin today's podcast episode and talk to you about our live and in-person events. We had three events scheduled for 2021. We've already had two of them. Our Inner Circle, sponsored by EventTrack event, was very well attended and was a great event. And uh, just recently, we had our Forum for Sales event, sponsored by SnowX, sold out. Uh, We had a great event there as well. We have one more event coming up. It's called Grounds in Institutional Management. It's really focused on site um, issues, operations, engineering, equipment, everything having to do with, with running a snow event and planning for events. This is going to be September 8th and 9th at Milton Cat in Milford, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. So we hope to see you there. Registration is open right now at snowfightersinstitute.com. Welcome to the Snowfighters Institute podcast where we hear directly from some of the most interesting people in the professional snow and ice management industry to learn about their successes, to hear about the challenges they faced along the way, and to have their perspective on critical issues facing our industry today. I'm your host, Phil Harwood. Before I introduce today's special guest, I'd like to invite you to follow our social media feeds And check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Hey everybody, I'm very pleased today to have as our special guest, Adam Chalute. Adam is the president of Mac Property Services located in Niles, Michigan, just north of South Bend, Indiana. And um, Adam, just want to say thank you for taking time out to be with us today uh, to tell us a little about about your story and share some of your thoughts about the industry. Um, You are second generation, and I think that's just uh, very timely to be having this conversation with you uh, because there are so many people going through this now between, um, you know, the baby boomer generation kind of aging out and the next gen stepping up and And so just really looking forward to kind of hearing your thoughts on some of that and just about the company in general. Um, But I wanted to start with just getting some background on the company. So Mac Property Services um, was founded by your father, Mark, and um, maybe just start with a quick little history of the company and and tell us what M-A-A-C, Mac, stands for along the way.
1: Well, first off, thanks for having me. Um, I appreciate the time. Um, MAC stands for Mark, Amanda, Adam, and Cindy. It's my father, my mother, my sister, and myself. Um, my dad is, he likes his family. We'll put it that way. Um, started this back in 98, uh, kind of in a transitional period for him. Uh, before that, he was dock supervisor, dispatcher for a trucking company, truck driver before that. So he got into this, kind of spent some more time with the family, started low key like everybody else does, truck, trailer, slowly moved on from there. And really at about 2000, uh, we got a couple good connections and things just started to take place and fall into place from there. And then
0: 20 years later, here we are. At what point did you start to get involved in the business?
1: So I've always been helping, we'll say, since he started. Um, I was the quote-unquote eternal college kid for many years. Um, I was Tommy boy, put it that way. And back in 2010, I was headed to go finish school, and I got a call from my dad. Uh, He had some health issues going on, so he was in the middle of, do I sell the company, or... Uh, do we give me a shot to run the company it kind of worked out my wife was finishing school at the time so she was ready to kind of move back home Um, I still technically didn't start school yet so I had some time there to to figure it out Um, took about a week to decide moved back up north
0: and here we are today Mm -hmm. I remember those days, I do I think you were part time. of that I absolutely was <laughs> um, so how how big is the company today? What's the geographic area that you guys service? Uh, so
1: we go you're at a hundred mile radius, maybe a little less. We go we're based out of niles is our our main location, but we service about forty miles north, fifteen to twenty miles west. Twenty miles east, another thirty to forty miles south of where we're at. Mm-hmm. So we cover a very wide area.
0: Yeah, well, that, that has its challenges. And, and and tell us about the snow. How does the um, how what's the unique aspect? I is a leading question, obviously, because there's a unique aspect of of dealing with winter in Niles, Michigan. Tell us about that.
1: Oh, we're blessed to be right on the lake, beautiful Lake Michigan, so we get that all those many years of lake effect snow. So it's, it's a crap shoot. What kind of season we have, um, it's either going to be 30 inches or a hundred, um, kind of plays in pretty hard to our location in terms of what we service as well, because even though we're based out of Niles, we still have to have eyes on properties that are a half hour away. So it's, it makes it very challenging.
0: Yeah. What about the mix between uh, your self and self, um, uh, you know, self-managed employees versus your subcontractors? How does that play out in the wintertime?
1: So we try to cover with our guys, our, our full year employees, all the liability stuff. So the sidewalks, the salting, um, we do some plowing, but we sub out the majority of our plowing. Um, a lot of that has to do with just the cost of the equipment we don't want to carry that burden. Um, we have a good subcontracting network that we've held pretty strong for 20 years now. Um, and we're continuing to grow that. We work very well with them and it's just easier for us. That way we don't have to constantly find employees that have plows that are insured. It just works out better for us.
0: Yeah. And for snow, you guys are really focused on larger commercial properties. Can you tell us about some of those?
1: Yeah, we've we've kind of developed a niche of we we are good at the unique properties the ones that have the weird layouts the shopping plazas the living centers um, the the vast you need to move snow twelve different times just to get it done once type of properties um, that's kind of our
0: bread and butter the fun ones yeah. Some of the marquee properties uh, that you have are, are fairly large. Um, Yes. Yeah. What are, what are some of the challenges of those with in uh, um, whether or not you want to disclose specific names of properties or not, but um, you know, some very uh, large difficult properties that you guys have on your plate.
1: Uh, The challenge only comes from upfront to make sure you're bidding it correctly. They're actually not so hard during the season because you're already investing so much into them anyway that you're actually pretty well covered. The The challenge comes from making sure that you don't neglect the properties that surround it, the the banks, the smaller quick stop in, takes 40 minutes to plow, 10 minutes to shovel type properties. You want to make sure that you're not dropping the ball on all those as well. So you yeah, got to make sure you're from... blending it up. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say you just got to make sure you're blending it correctly because otherwise you know you'll it's very easy for a customer to say you're not treating us like every other customer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and sometimes those bigger properties are are just easier because there's dedicated equipment, dedicated staff, you're on site the whole time and Correct. You obviously, you need a good plan, but you make a good point. Those those route jobs, those in and out quick jobs are sometimes more difficult to execute. Absolutely. <laughs> Cuz it's a timing issue. Right. Well,
1: once you get to a, an acreage sized property you're you're investing. I mean, it's it's not just go plow it. It's it's a whole job in
0: itself. Right. So, I mean, you guys have done a great job with, you know, hospitals, casinos, you know, major um industrial properties, major commercially, you know, office complexes and and those are, you know, sometimes scary properties, but you know, mm-hmm. with the right plan and the right staffing and and all that, um, you know, those can be really nice properties. What about some of the technology that you guys employ to help, you know, prepare for, um, you know, storms coming in? So weather monitoring, uh, GPS, just just office systems. Um, can you tell us about some of the technology that you guys have, have used, it, whether it's working well for you or whether it's challenging for you right now? Um, <laughs> kind of where are you guys at with some of that?
1: from an operational system standpoint, we are, we've been running with boss for about three years now. Um, it's been a challenge, not really from their end, but from getting everybody on board, um, the staff, it take a, it took, it it is still taking a lot of training to get everybody on the same page to run this massive system. And once you're committed to it and doing it, it, it's fantastic but until then it, it takes some time um it's a massive step up from just the old school pen and paper fax machines everything else so it's it's given us a better advantage to make sure everything's getting tracked billing's getting out correctly we're not missing any leads so it's it's slowly coming into play to being fully functional for us um We've had fleet tracking on our vehicles for years. We've run FleetMax in the past. Right now we're running uh, through Viasis. It's always been great for us. It's, it's a good tool for our customers. We can verify bills, um, potential slip and fall claims. We can verify times. Uh, always keep your employees honest, sadly. It, it, it pays off in the end.
0: Mm-hmm. And then what about on the weather monitoring side?
1: Yeah, we've been, we've been committed to AccuWeather for many years. Um, it's hard for us to find someone that's willing to take the chance on predicting lake effect snow. Because um, no matter what, you're gonna be wrong. But they've done a good job with us. They've, they've given us good reports. Um, they've been giving us 24-hour service. We get good reports to give to our clients. It's, it's been a good relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Tell us about your workforce. What are some of the labor challenges that you guys face? If you take
1: out this year, which is an anomaly year, um, it's real up and down. It, some months are really strong. We can hire a new guy every hour if we need to. And then the next month, we don't hear from anybody. Um, it's, it's really cyclical. Um, going into the wintertime, we can put a hundred shovel guys on our call list by the end of December. It's whittled down to 20. Mm, that's um, tough. Yeah. So it's, it's just the revolving door, but our staff has done a really good job of keeping up on it. Now. Um, the interviewing process, the hiring process is just, it's really ramped up. So it's, it's getting much better now.
0: You know, you, you've had good stability with your core staff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the turnover is more with the frontline employees. What, what do you think some of the things, some of the reasons are that you've had such longevity with your, your, your core people?
1: It's an investment. Um, we don't treat them as, you know, the average run-of-the-mill go-clocking guy. It's, they're they are open to see what we're doing as a company. Um, they know what we're doing every day we're looking to find guys that are growing within the company. Um, we've, Sean's been with us for 20 years and he just started off pulling weeds and now granted his, he changes his title every hour here, but he's a very important part of our office. You know, we would not function without Sean.
0: What about from a cultural standpoint? How would you describe the culture of Mac property services?
1: open and honest. Um, a lot of it, people like to call it the good old boy mindset. Um, the company is owned by a farmer. I mean, that's just what we do. It's, it's, we treat everything and we explain it to these guys as it's, it's just work. Like, don't overthink this. We, we're going to have some fun. We're going to be honest with you if there's an issue, but we let people work. We let them do their job. We try our hardest not to micromanage. You know, we have a lot of trust in our guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see that. Um, and it makes a huge difference. What about in your role currently as president? What are your What would you say are your main responsibilities?
1: My main focus is operations, and it has been for a while. It just it's it's what I know. I'm very good at it. Um, and it's, it honestly is what drives the majority of our company. Anyway, we're a service industry. So your operations better be in check. Um, aside from that, um, a lot of what I do is a, I help with the direction of the company, but we've got a strong staff right now. And there's a lot of things that I don't need to be involved in. Um, you know, we've got a general manager here that, that runs a lot of things. That I don't even I used to have to work on, but I don't even need to touch anymore. Um, so we've got people in place to kind of make it easier for me to stay with the operations.
0: Mm -hmm. Then who is, who in the company is focusing on client relationships and sales? If you're really focusing your attention on operations,
1: it's still kind of a committee thing.
0: Um, it's always kind of been
1: that way. We do sales and groups. Um, you know, we've got Jenny now, she's kind of our, our lead. She goes out there, she gets the information. She brings us along, try to work on the client together as a group. Um, Jenny Ian, Sean, Mark, myself, we all kind of work on that customer relations depending on what the situation is.
0: Hmm. So the clients are dealing with more than one person. Do they have a direct point of contact like a number one or, or does it depend on what it is?
1: The majority will always have a number one. Um, for now mark is still going to be the number one for a lot of people um and that's just from familiarity familiarity standpoint and then he kind of delegates from there who needs to help with the situation who's going to be involved uh, but it's it's still we take it as a group
0: what about during snow events what are you, what are your roles during what are you actively doing during snow events or are you not involved in snow events at this point
1: Uh, I am the Uh snow operation (laughs) at night for the operation as a whole. uh, It's Mark and myself. Um, We do have a satellite site up north of where we're at. I don't have as much of a hand in what goes on during an event there. My focus is really uh, the lower part of Southwest Michigan and Northern Indiana. But I'm, I'm the trigger puller for Indiana. Um, Sean and myself run the operation for the winter time. And that's, if it's snowing, I'm here.
0: Do you see that changing in in the future with growth? Or do you feel like that's just such an important part of your business that you, you, you're going to be there no matter what, no matter how big the company gets? The majority of the time I will always be
1: here. Um, I would hope eventually it would lessen in certain areas, but the staff we're building is helping quite a bit. Um, we've got a lot of good pieces now, hoping to add a couple more that will kind of lessen that burden. Um, but for now, the foreseeable future, we're still growing. I'm, I'm It's important for me to still be here.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I think that's super important to have that top level leadership actively involved during events. Um, it's hard to get guys to do anything message. if I'm not here. Like yeah.
1: it's like, I, I get it. Like yep. it's, it's hard for me to ask these guys to do things if I'm not willing to do it myself.
0: Yeah. One of the things that really has always impressed me about Mac property services is, is that, um, the company and really driven by, you know, your, your father, Mark has really been, um, not afraid to invest in all sorts of things like <laughs> different types <laughs> of, uh, initiatives, um, you know some some real expensive state of the art equipment, um, technology, uh, just unique business opportunities that have presented themselves over over the years, um, and and I know you've you've seen a lot of those things, those investments come and go. Um, just, what are your thoughts about that? Do you do you feel like that was a good move um, to make those some of those investments and. And maybe give us some examples of what I'm talking about here, so people have a good understanding of some of the things you guys have have invested in over the years. And and what what do you learn by by doing those, even if they don't really pan out? Like, how how does that affect you as a business owner?
1: Um, you're never going to know unless you try. Um, I I would rather take the chance than sit back and say, "Man, I wish we would have done that, or we needed that." and it's too late to deal with it. Um, Boss, for instance, is a good example for this. It it took us many years to pull the trigger on finding an operating system. And even after we got it, it it was painful to get through the process that first year to get everybody on board. But now that we're getting people to use it, still working on getting people to use it, it's, it's starting to show its value. Um, on the other side, the things that I've learned from this is I'm willing to take a chance, but the company needs to be willing to cut ties sooner if it's showing it's not going to work. Sometimes we may hold on a little too long. Mm-hmm then it starts to become painful. I've seen that. It gets Mm -hmm. painful. You get angry, you know, and then it just becomes a bad divorce.
0: (laughs) Well, the boss situation, I think that's a unique, um, you know, I mean, that's a essential, you know, business requirement to have some kind of operating system to run on. So whether it's boss or anything else, you guys were really in a position when you made that investment to, where it was really important to get the company on a, on some system and Mm -hmm. and really start operating, um, with more best practices in place and that, and that force using a system like boss forces people to really step up their game and be more committed to uniform processes and and doing, you know, following, um, you know, following the company line, right. Like towing the line, mm-hmm. like doing things the right way. And instead of just everyone making it up their own way. So that, to me, that was a huge developmental stage for you guys. And, uh, whether you stay with boss or, or not, that was it, that was an opportunity for growth. Talk to us a little bit about your, um, your hops business. Cause I thought that was a very interesting, um, investment and, uh, you guys recently are winding that down. So kind of walk us through that and, and you know, why you got involved in that and why you decided to walk away from it.
1: It was, I mean, we have the land where our shop is sitting on 105 acres, 107, 98, depending on who you talk to. And we only really function out about 10 acres. So behind us, there's a lot of acreage to play with. um, We've always wanted to do something with it. It was kind of March pet project. So I'm not completely sure how the hops came into play but that was what he wanted to go with. Um, It was a good idea. We just didn't, I shouldn't say put the time into it we needed to with the right people. Um, We actually ended with a very good manager um, earlier this year who had to walk away for reasons that he needed to walk away from, but we were on the right track, but we spent about three years into it. Um, and it was just, it was going to take some work to get it to where we needed to. and We just didn't have the time to invest in it anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: So, well, I, again, like you said, you don't know until you make the investment. And so, you know, having something like that, that you put, money into for three years and then pull the plug on, you know, that you can say, well, you know, that was, that was a waste of time and effort money. But at the same time, like that could have been extremely profitable for you guys if it Mm -hmm. went the other way. So you just don't know. Right. Right. And, you know, I give your dad a lot of credit for having, you know, vision to try different things. And, and, um, you know, I think that's great. Um, I want to kind of go back to the transition, right? Kind of the generational, um, you know, uh, development of you into a leadership role and, and kind of where you're at in the process. So, um, kind of just fill us in kind of where, where is the transition between you and your father and, and how's it been going for you? To be honest, I don't really know where we're at in the process. Um,
1: it changes year to year. Um, We, our business is always growing in, in ways that we don't predict. So it's hard for sometimes him to step aside or get out. Um, I think an issue we always had at the beginning was trying to get me to learn everything that he does or did to replace him. Uh, which I don't think was a great move because now we're getting to the point where we're hiring the correct staff that can actually do those things. Then instead of spending the next five to 10 years for me to try to figure out how to do them. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's making the path a little more easy for both of us for the transition now. So,
0: and it's, I love how honest you are. I have no idea where we are. (laughs) Well, I, 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 you know, um, so I'll just, I'll, I'll share my perspective on this since I've been working with you guys for so long. Um, It seems to me that you're in a position now where you could run everything if you needed to. And, Mm -hmm. and um, your dad doesn't have any interest in stepping out 100% right now. And the business certainly is benefiting from his involvement. And I think that's, that's kind of where you're at. The st- as far as your development, you're developing things every day because you're learning new things. You're really getting more involved in, you know, high level things that you probably weren't involved in t- five years ago. Um, but there's no reason to to push that out, right? And, and you know, cool. tell him that the only thing he can do is play golf from now on. There's really no reason to play that card. So Um, I think there's a little bit of a plateau right now, which I think is cool because it just allows you the uh, ability to continue to just develop and and become even more prepared because inevitably that day is going to come.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've always said his retirement is just going to be him working only 40 hours a week. So, (laughs) I mean, that's just who he is. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's never been a bad dynamic. I mean, there's, we've always had a great working relationship. We have a great personal relationship. So, I mean, there's, there's no animosity. There's no issues tied to this. It's, it is what it is. Like if it's going to happen tomorrow, cool. If it's going to happen in five years, that's fine.
0: And what is it about the industry or, or maybe the company or what, what kind of drew you back in, um, you know, when you said it took me 10 minutes to make the decision to come back, was it just because of the family, because of the, rel- the relationship ties. you have? Okay, but what is the it about the industry everything. that you enjoy? Because I know you enjoy this industry, so put some words to it.
1: It's a growing industry. Um, it. I always wanted to put some credibility into this industry. It's, it's always going to be viewed as just a low-man service industry by people that don't understand it. Um, I wanted to actually put some professionalism into this and that's where we're heading. It's the only thing we can offer to customers is service. Well, we're going to do it professionally then we're going to do it as a business. And there's so many ways to constantly change this industry. And it's, to me, this is still a new budding thing. So there's a lot of areas to grow.
0: And one of the things I really appreciate about you, Adam, Adam, is you have such a passion for developing people like you just you just care about people. Um, And um, and I know you've developed yourself professionally and and I wanted you to talk a little bit about some of the things that you're you you know, you've maybe worked on in the past to to prepare yourself for leadership. Um, What are you focused on now and kind of how does professional development fit into Mac property services culture?
1: Um, personally, I've been fortunate to have a lot of very good people around me outside of this industry that I would consider successful people, made people that have earned where they're at in life. So it gives me a whole other world of perspective, a huge networking pool of people that I can pull from and learn these things. I mean, business is business, no matter what you do. Um, but now I can figure out what did, what were the steps you took to do this? What were the steps you took to do this? And I've had that my whole life. And it's been, it's been huge for me. But on that side, a a big thing for us is now transitioning that to our employees. Cause this goes back to, if it's so hard to find employees, we need to do our best to educate our guys, to keep them as long as possible. So if that even means professionally we're educating them or even personally we're teaching them things that they never would have been taught before because I've told my guys this plenty of times. I've been very fortunate where I'm at in life. I, I was always put in good positions growing up. I was taught things that a lot of guys may not be able to be educated on when they're in school. So I need to take that to them. Like, how do you even open a bank account? You know, these simple things that you would find laughable, but I have a lot of guys who have no idea how to do that. You know, so I spend time with guys on that kind of stuff. It's, to me, work is work. Um, What do I have to do to keep you here longer? And if that's what I have to do, then that's what I'm going to do.
0: Well, it's very tangible because every time I'm there, I'm just very impressed by how um, everyone is, is there's good, healthy banter in the morning. Like people are smiling, people are upbeat, people are, um, you know, um, excited to be at work. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's a strong word, but they were, they're uh, <laughs> but they're there and they're positive and they're, they're, you know, um, you can tell they're, they got a little step in their walk and, and I just don't see that across the board. I think, you know, most of the, especially in the morning, like everyone's kind of dragging their butt around still. <laughs> I just sure. don't see that at Mac property services. I see just this energy and this, this uh, camaraderie that is just very palpable. And, and I think that probably is a reflection of the culture that you guys have developed over the years of taking care of people.
1: It's, it comes back to our, our open and honesty, you know, it's just, It helps out a lot. It's, it's hurt us in the past. I mean, I'll be honest, it's some guys don't take it correctly. Um, but we've got a great group right now of guys that we've got some pretty good leaders in some good spots. Um, everyone here kind of mixes well together. It's, it's very odd. I'll put it that way, but in a good way. Um, it's culturally there's not many misfits. So it makes the work day a lot better here. Yeah.
0: Well, on the personal side, uh, you're married and you have, mm-hmm. um, two twin boys and mm-hmm. you're kind of a gym rat. I am. Tell us about that.
1: Well, I don't know when this podcast is going to drop, but I, uh, I also have one more on the way. No, we got five well, out.
0: Congratulations.
1: Well, thank you, sir. Um, She just had her ultrasound yesterday and everything. It's only one this time. So we're good. Nice. Yeah. That's the only, that's why I'm excited.
0: Unless the other one's hiding.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man.
0: So. But you have a little side gig of uh, developing people, um, uh, athletes. So talk to us about that.
1: I haven't done that in a while. Um, I would love to eventually get back into that. But previously, um, I went to school for kinesiology, physical therapy, many other things too as well, but that was going to be my focus. Um, and I ended up meeting with certain families and kids at the gym and they just had me start training their kids. Well, it turns out a couple of these kids that I worked with, uh, they ended up being division one athletes. Nice. So I was able to carry these this, this great relationship with these kids where, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't have to do much. They were division one athletes, you know, like I always told their parents, it was my goal is just to make sure they don't do anything stupid. (laughs) You know, the Mm -hmm. goal is to get them to college. Yeah. The raw Um, raw talents there, but even today, like I still have great relationship with those kids. You know, that's the best part about it was, you know, it's been 10 years you know, I can still talk to these kids like they're best friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, one of the other things that really stands out to me when I think about Mac property services, just, just being involved in the industry, um, being involved in SIMA. I know you've been on committees. Um, your father, Mark served on the board of directors, um, you know, attending all the symposiums, investing in certifications, going to, you know, Snow Fighters Institute events, um, what, what inspires you guys to get involved on a national level, um, and, and how has that in, impacted you professionally?
1: To me, it's, it kind of sets the bar. You can kind of see where the industry is going. Um, you only know so much if you stay here. Um I can now see what other industries are doing and kind of get a gauge of, are we doing this correctly? What are we missing? What are we not doing? Um, The networking side of it's huge, but to me, it's there's benchmarks that I kind of set that I look for when I go to these things. I say, well, what are they doing differently that we are not that could really help us, you know, or what could I show these guys to help them out that has helped us in the past?
0: Yeah. No, that's good. Um, I feel the same way. Just the, the benchmarking, the networking, all that stuff is huge. Um, what are you working on personally? What's, what's kind of next step? Uh, obviously, uh, growing your family has been a priority. <laughs> what about yeah, on the professional apparently. side? What, what's kind of next for you professionally?
1: Just to get a better understanding of how this business runs from a financial level, Mm -hmm. Um, kind of understanding just even the terminology of things. I've been so immersed in operations since I've been here that there's other sides to this business. I haven't even really touched yet. Like I know what goes on. I know they're there, but I haven't really had a hand in decision-making with certain things, which is a good thing, but I would rather spend the time now to really develop that knowledge.
0: Yeah. It's good to have that clarity to know what you need next. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to us about Macposium. What is this? Macposium.
1: So, uh, six or seven years ago, we decided we wanted to put on our own snow educational symposium for our clients or future clients. Um, And what that was, was kind of twofold. It was, a, to educate the customer, because um, an educated customer can, for the most part, be a better customer. Right. Um, and B, kind of use it as a sales tactic for, this is what we can offer you, this is what we're doing. Um, it sets a standard to say, you know, if you want to be the leader in the industry in your area, you got to be doing some things differently. So that seemed like something that not many people were doing, um, so we're working on that now it's we're going into our fourth one, I believe mm-hmm. hopefully this September um yeah it's it's pretty exciting. I enjoy it. We usually get pretty good feedback from this.
0: yeah, it's a cool event. You get good attendance, um you' brought in some good speakers, you know nationally known people, you've also brought in local weather folks to talk or are kind of you know, n- normally the, the, the weather person on is a little bit of a celebrity, right? So that's Yeah. The local fun. celebrity is how we looked yeah. at it. So you get that element to it as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, what's the ROI? I mean, do you feel like it's a, there's, there's a good ROI for this?
1: Um, we've gotten some good contracts out of it. Um, it helps maintain a good relationship with our current clients. It also, and this year our staff is really taken hold of this thing and run with it. And just our invite list alone, they've opened doors to people we haven't talked to in a long time. Nice. Um, So they're really getting us out there in front of people, which has been fantastic. I mean, my involvement in that this year has been very limited. The, so the staff, my mother included, has been fantastic in dealing with this thing.
0: Yeah. So, I know you guys are talking about doing some online stuff too, which you haven't done before. Um, mm-hmm. Regarding this, so that should be cool mm-hmm. well, when you kind of step back and look at the the company and the history and just your place as a pretty large employer in Southwest Michigan, what are you most proud of, Adam?
1: The consistency um, there's never really been a big change in who we are. We've never really wavered. Um, we know the nice thing is we know who we are as a company. Um, no matter who we bring in the things we add on, the things we change as a company, this a company, this company is always identified as Mark Um, This is basically his living, breathing child. And it's with, <laughs> it hasn't changed in terms of the ethics the morality, you know, the view, the goals, like it's, we are who we are, and it's it's nice to see that no matter how much we grow, we're not wavering anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see that. That's that's and especially going from you know one generation to the next and and getting mm-hmm. bigger. You guys have grown a lot mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the years, um, and it's, it's difficult very to hold on to that culture as you grow. What about um, uh, from a challenge perspective, you know, I know you're still early in your career. Um, but, um, have there been any kind of more significant challenges that you've had to overcome that have, have changed you or defined you in some way or inspired you? Anything that really stands out to you
1: from the beginning? The only real thing that I had to work through was being the boss's son. um, which looking back at it now was nowhere near as bad as I thought. Um, I had to basically become bulletproof Mm -hmm. and not be swayed by the views or opinions of other people. Um, I was very, very fortunate though that dad never treated me as I'm the son. Like, no, you're an employee and you're going to have to earn it. So it, it really helped kind of stamp that out pretty fast, mm-hmm. but that's really been one of the biggest ones for me was just making sure that I I worked through that a little bit. Um, the challenge was always mm-hmm. there, but it's
0: well, and you also worked in the field. I mean you did you did mm-hmm. you've done every every job and you've done mm-hmm. it well, so you haven't been you know the silver spoon kid, right? not at all right. No, I always had to earn it here, which was yeah. nice. Yep. What about the industry? Just just more generally about the snow and ice management industry. Um, how would you describe the state of the industry today and maybe talk to us about some of the trends you see coming that, that you guys are talking about right now internally and maybe that other contractors could benefit from hearing about?
1: <sighs> to me the the ever focus is always going to be on how to make the operations better but at the end of the day you can't like you still have to plow the snow so there's really not a lot that is changing to do that to me the biggest thing is coming through contract changes um liability issues like those are the things to be focusing on um you know it used to be Just charge them an hourly rate, go do your job, and you go home. You know, you can come whenever you need to, and it's over with. Well, that's never going to fly anymore. And now you have national contractors to compete with. You have um, service providers to compete with. You have every day there's a new company starting up to compete against you in your own town. So you have to find the best way contractually to put yourself ahead of everybody.
0: Yeah, I see that as well. I, I the industry's definitely moving toward, you know, seeing itself as risk managers, um, mm-hmm. emergency service personnel and and really commanding higher prices and a lot more retainer style contracts, um, mm-hmm. seasonal contracts with caps and floors and those types of things, really really getting away from some of the gamble, you know, roll the dice type scenarios lot more proactive portfolio management. I know you guys have been working on all these things within the company. Mm -hmm. What else, Adam, anything else you want to share before we wrap up?
1: Uh, For the listeners out there, it is my birthday tomorrow. So Uh if you would like to send presents to two, three, four, four Yankee street (laughs) miles, Michigan, I would not be upset.
0: All right. And you better, you better date stamp this.
1: So what day is tomorrow? (laughs) eight eight eighty five there you go that's my birth day of birth okay i want that all done okay
0: all right beautiful august 8th well happy birthday congratulations well, thanks, on the um number three child number three yes just when? three when it... uh Mar- mid-march okay nice after the winter after the winter yeah maybe depending on we timed
1: it we timed it accordingly. Like <laughs> right
0: yeah we we timed it good yeah well, Adam, I really appreciate it. Um, I have always enjoyed working with you and your dad and the whole company there. You have a great culture, and I just love the fact that you guys really take care of your people the way you do and, and your clients. And, and it's, just been, it's been a joy to work with you guys over the years and look forward to your continued involvement with Snowfighters Institute. Institute. I know uh, we've got some exciting things coming with boot camp uh, this this fall. Uh, which will be announced very shortly here. And and then, um, you know, our full event lineup for next year. So um, thank you again for your time, Adam. It's great to chat I with you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. We welcome suggestions for future guests or topics. Feel free to email me directly at phil at com. If you enjoyed this podcast, become a subscriber today so you won't miss any future episodes. And don't forget to check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Now go for it.